turn to 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 3 today. You know, we as Christians, we live on this earth and we function in the natural and I believe it's a work of the Spirit of God to open up our eyes to anything in the spiritual realm. So if we begin to see certain things uh, from the scriptures, not just read them and perceive in our natural mind what the scripture is saying, but if in reality, by the Spirit of God, we perceive something, we understand something, then that, that's a work of the Spirit because there are many people that you can show them certain things, even Christians, you can show them certain things in the Scriptures and they can read them. But as far as that particular truth taken by the Spirit and impacting their life and causing a course change or causing them to move a certain way, you know, that doesn't always happen. Uh, we go down to the jail frequently and you minister down there and unless the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and there's a receptive heart and that heart wants to know uh, and, and brings that in, they will never even come close to even understanding anything related to what's functioning in spirit. So I want to look at a verse here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. But to get to that verse, like when I teach downstairs a lot, I, I like it because I have more time. I can, you know, take my time and go down through the scriptures, and because... What we see beginning in this chapter, down to verse 13, actually sets the tone for someone to understand the verse I just read. And they look like they're, when you first read through it, it looks like they're divorced from one another. There, there's no relation there, but there is. So let's begin at verse 1. Paul here, he's giving insight, and I'll have to try to to go a little faster here. He's giving insight to the Corinthian church. And sometimes when a person that God raises up or someone who uh, has had the spirit of wisdom revelation working in their life, the Lord reveals something to them, maybe related to another person or to the church. Uh, sometimes that's not received because the individual or the people in the church do not see it. But Paul here, he's coming to the church with insight, and he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. Now, probably the Corinthians didn't think or believe they were carnal. I mean, they, they had received Christ, a church was formed, they were going to church, they were assembling, and, and they probably didn't think that they were carnal. But the apostle saw something, and he says, you're carnal. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. For, verse 
3, for you are still carnal. Now, he says here several times that the church is carnal. And I, I just want to give you, we all know what it means most likely, but there's one meaning here that really stuck out to me. We'll get to it in a minute, but Thayer's defines carnal, mean having the nature of, of the flesh, being under or being controlled by the, the animal or the base or the sinful uh, nature. That's one meaning. Pertaining to the physical, uh, and actually it comes from a Greek word called sarx. That's the, Greek, the English spelling of the Greek word, and that's translated uh, flesh, flesh in, in uh, the New Testament. But I like Vine's meaning here of carnal, because many times you see, well, maybe you don't. I have seen over the course of my many years as a Christian dealing with certain Christians, thank God not all of them, but certain Christians, they, they have this carnal mindset and they function in this carnal thing and many times they're not even aware, aware of it. It's very strange, but they're not aware of it. I don't know, know why, but they're not. But it, it says here that the meaning in vines for this word, flesh, is governed by human nature instead of the Spirit of God. See, as Christians, we are to be governed by the Spirit of God. We are to have such a relationship with the Lord that He has the input, and we function according to the Spirit, not according to our own thinking, not according to our own will, not according to our own desires, but that the Spirit of God has done something in us and because he has done something in us, we are willing and we want to function in this other realm. But we can't function in that other realm if we are thinking carnally and if we relate to these things here on earth before or, or without relating to the Spirit of God first, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, we all have to function in, this, in this, this earth. We work and so on and so forth. And certain things are not evil in and of themselves. But if we do not allow the Spirit of God to control our lives, then we will resort back to what we know, even though we're, we're saved. We will resort back to what we know and that is function, functioning in the physical realm, relating to the physical realm, functioning according to the human nature rather than the Spirit of God. And that cannot be taught. I mean, the Spirit, Holy Spirit has to teach a person that and show them that, and they have to move in that. And that's where I think the big problem is. So Paul says here, For ye are carnal... For where there are, there are envy, en envy is an internal thing. That, is, uh, that shows the, the condition, the in, inner or inward condition of a person if there's envy. He says, there are, for where there is envy, strife, and division among you, are you not carnal and behave like mere men? Or, or not, are you not just like the world? Are you not like the people out there that, that say they're not Christians, that envy, 
that bring strife, for example, in the workplace. If you have worked in the workplace, you can see at times strife being brought into the workplace by certain individuals. And then that strife causes division. So that if I would take one of you and we'd have this discussion and we're discussing maybe a scripture. I've done this before. And you discuss the scripture with someone and you know, they're talking about it and they're, they're so, you know, I am right type of thing. This is the way this is. This is what it means. And, you know, so, sometimes you just have to just, you know, okay, that's fine. Let it go. But even in Christian circles, if the person's heart is not what it should be, if they cannot, you know, come down, so to speak, then division can arise, not just because of, of the, the Word of God, but various things going on in the church with people can cause division. So Paul's saying, this is there among you. Are you not yet carnal? Are you not yet carnal? So this here, we're going to look at, now this is moving down into verse 4, because now Paul is going to get into something else related to their carnality. And I have seen this over the years, verse 4, where this functions in people that are Christians. He says, for when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Well, I like the way this person teaches. I like the way this person preaches. I like the way this person approaches things. So I am going to go, and I have seen this many times, I'm going to go to this particular church because I like the message that comes forth. I like the way it's delivered. And I like, I like this, I like that. The purpose, the whole purpose for you being in a church is not because of Paul, Apollos, or Cephas, Peter. It is to be because it is the will of God for your life. So individuals, you know, they come in and say, well, you know what, I'm not staying in this church because I want to go over to this church because of all the activities. Or there's not much going on for the young kids, so I'm going to go over to this church. I want to be of Apollos because, you understand what I'm getting at? They pick and they choose who they will, uh, will sit under, you know, what church they want. If they come to church, they want certain things in that church or they're not going to stay. Well, if that's the case, don't stay. You are to be in a church because God has led you there and you are called to be there. Because if you're not, eventually something will come up to offend and to cause a division with you, with me. So Paul deals with this thing and he goes into verse 5 here. And, and by the way, being carnal affects a Christian in ways they do not understand. First of all, in verse 1 and verse 2, they cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. See, that, that's the first thing. 
Another thing is he's talking about building on a foundation, the foundation of Christ. If a Christian is carnal, then the building in their life will not be what the Lord wants and desires. I mean, they'll be a Christian, they'll be saved, they'll go to heaven. That's not in question. But what type of foundation uh, is laid and what is built upon that foundation now? Verse 5, who then is Paul, he says, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believe as the Lord gave to each one. So in other words, the Lord will grace an individual to preach. He'll grace another individual to preach. And, and you know different, there's different styles of, of preaching you know, because of various, various different things. Um, and, and teaching, you know, different teachers teach a different way. And so it's according to how the Lord has graced them. Verse 6, he says, I planted, Apollos watered. So the planting, planting is necessary and the watering is necessary. I, I, I love some people I used to work with. There's one individual I'm thinking of. Actually, two guys, they always would talk about gardening and certain things that they would do to get their gardens to grow. And my grandfather was a farmer when he was over in Europe, and he was quite a farmer, quite a gardener. And every year, there was a competition in our neighborhood to see who could have the first red tomato. And my grandfather used to always beat them Fourth of July, every year, he had a ripe tomato. Fourth of July. And I would watch some of the things that he did. So you need to plant, right? You need to water, right? Now look at this great tomato plant that I, I grew. You didn't really grow it. <laughs> God is the one that gives the increase. God is the one that caused that little seed to germinate and to grow into a plant or a tree or whatever it may be. So, so Paul is trying to redirect the focus of the Corinthians. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was the one who brought the increase. So he that Plants is nothing. He that waters is nothing but God who gives the increase. How, how, does a, how does a plant, when you start with a seed, how does it grow? I mean, how does it just, you know, start with this. And here it is, it's this big. And before you know it, you have these tomatoes on it. I mean, how does that, how does that function? Now, I mean, we can see the results, but we don't know how the whole thing functions. Maybe scientists could tell you, but... But God is the creator, and he's the one that brings the increase. And Paul is saying that the increase in their life was not because of Paul, Apollos, or Cephas. God was the one who gave the increase. So the, 
the heart of the individuals in the church, Corinth. We're focusing upon the preacher and not focusing upon the Lord. So verse 7, so neither so then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters but God who gives the increase. He gives the increase. So that if you and I are ever going to be brought to maturity in, in certain areas of our life. See, we must be planted according to the will of God. We must be watered according to whom God has raised up and graced, whether we like it or not, so that God can bring the increase. So if a Christian says, I don't like the way this person teaches or preaches, then the increase there is not going to be what it should be because Paul says they're carnal. They're operating not according to the Spirit of God, but they're governed by their human nature instead. See, it's so hard to break away from the human nature. But that's what this Christian walk is all about, where the Spirit of God has done something in your life. Now you can function a totally different way. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Now he's not saying that Paul and Apollos are one. He's talking about in purpose here. They are one in purpose. And that is the way it is to be. And if you will have been here, some of you have been here a long time, and if you will have noticed over the years, the Lord has used various ministers of God who have come into the church and has, have ministered quite a few times, plus various pastors and various teachers, all to do this work of bringing increase to the Christian. As long as they're not functioning in this human nature thing, as long as they are not functioning in the carnal way and the carnal thinking, and they're able to receive the planting, they're able to receive the watering, if, if that's all what it should be in their life, then God will be the one to bring the increase and he will do something in your life that you will find out some years down the road and you look back and you say, wow, I didn't realize that the Lord was going to do this. That this was going to be the result of all these different things going down the line here. I had talked to someone who they say, well, you know, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to be in church. This was an individual I used to work with. And I said, it said, first of all, it says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And much more so when you see that day approach. I said, first of all, you know, we are commanded to assemble. Secondly, the way the church functions is that not, every, not one person has everything, see. 
not one person. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what great revelation they have. They don't have everything. So the Lord sees to it that he brings others into the picture in order to bring about that which he wants in the individual's life. So if a person divorces themselves from the church, so to speak, if you understand what I'm saying, and I'll use myself as an example. If I would not have continued to come to the church, I would have missed out on the building of Charles Hahn, Brother Bunny, Bill Pepper, Jake Luffy, and others. There were some others that came. So that now, here I am. Many, many years I've been in the church. Many, many years. So now I'm here. So all these different things took place, the planting, the sowing, you know, the watering, all the way down the, the, the line here, to produce what is there now. So if I would have divorced myself from the church years ago, when things were really very tough for me, very difficult to sit under certain teaching, then what the Lord has done now that I see would be quite different, quite different. Remember, the carnal mind or the carnal uh, nature cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. You have to get past that. You have to. In order for there to be the proper increase in your life. Verse 8, Now he who plants and he who, who waters are one or of one purpose, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Each one will re be the recipient of his own distress in receiving or doing the will of God. This word labor here re relates to some type of distress. You know, sometimes to do the will of God, you, you don't really necessarily want to do it. it, may cause a little distress. Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to go my own way. And listen. Each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So this whole thing here is serious. So what we will receive later is going to be based upon what takes place now uh, in the toil, in the work. We're going to get to that in a minute. Whether my heart is right in that or I have some other motivation in the work. You know, people will just decide, well, you know, I want to go and get down in the food pantry and do something good and serve people that are homeless. Well, that can be good if it's the will of God, if it's the purpose of God, if he's, if he's leading you. But if a person just decides, and people do that frequently, they decide they're going to do this and they're going to do it and they do it. That's not necessarily the toil or the work the Lord has set forth for them and they will receive, or put it this way, their reward may be lacking because they have not been moving in the will of God. Do you understand? Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers, not only in the work, but 
as he tries to work on us. See, I have to be a fellow worker with the Lord in his work in my life. I can resist that. Then he tries to do certain things, and I'm resisting that. I'm not a fellow worker with him. I'm resisting him. But we are fellow workers. Then he goes on, he says, and you are God's field. What do you do with the field if you want to have a crop? What's the first thing you do? You plow it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You plow it up because, you know, the stuff can't grow on hard surface. You plow it up. You break the furrows, the big clods of dirt. You know, rake it out or whatever. Get it all ready. So you're God's field. And if you are going to walk with the Lord, there may be times he's going to run the plow through your heart. Keep it soft. That's great. That's what you want. may not be too comfortable, but it has a purpose. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, verse 10, which was given to me, Paul, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. Let each one, I believe there's a dual thing here. He's probably speaking of the ministers. But more specifically, he's talking about the individual. Let each one take heed. Take heed. That's, that is in the present tense, by the way. We are to take heed today, always today, how I, how you build on the foundation of Christ in your life. You know, there are different building materials. Do you know that? We're going to get to that in a minute. You know, how are we building? Are we building according to our own thinking and our own will? Or are we in the will and purpose of God and we're going along with his building program? Now things get a little, you know, hot or tough or, you know, well, I'll just take my leave of, of the Lord, go do my own thing. You know, I'll, I'll go to church, maybe. Like the one individual I was talking about, talked to him. I said, you know what? I said, you need to go to church. And he told me why he doesn't go. And I said, well, you know, th these people were wrong in what they did. I said, but, you know, you need to get to church for your own benefit. I said, if not that church, another church. And, you know, let the Lord lead you and be where you're supposed to be. But that, you know, he never took that advice. And by the way, that individual, I mean, I love him. He's a great person, great person. He'll do anything for you, but that's not the issue. That person relates to the natural all the time, all the time. Everything is related to the natural, this life. And then he sprinkles the Lord along in there, you know what I'm saying? And I've known him for... 35 years. Haven't talked to him for many years. Talked to him just recently, within the last six months. 
and there's no change. Now, he's a Christian. He'll go to heaven. But, you know, he's getting down the road now. He's like 70 years old. And all the time he's wasted, all the time the Lord could have done things in his life. And, and, and here he is. He's, he's, at, he's at the end, another 10 years, 20 years, whatever. He's at the end, and then the day will declare it. He'll appear before the Lord as he is, what he has become, like we all will. Take heed how you and I build on this foundation. Verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, verse 12, if anyone, now this English word, anyone, uh, in the King James says any man, anyone in other translations, this word in the Greek is an indefinite pronoun, which means it can mean anyone or anything. It's an indefinite pronoun. So if anything builds, see, we can allow certain things in this life to do building in us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do I need to give you an example? I'll give you an example. Okay, I just thought of one, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. For example, I, I know an individual who is a Christian. And one of their focuses in life was woodworking. And they gave themselves to that, totally. Every spare minute. So what was building in their life? Was the Lord building in them Something of eternal value? Now, don't go telling me that Jesus was a carpenter. He was only a carpenter. You know, I hear that stuff. He didn't function in the natural. He was functioning. Well, how do you know he was functioning in the spirit? Well, he was 12 years old. He was in the temple teaching. So the woodwork, wasn't, that wasn't capturing his attention. I mean, he did probably good work. But that wasn't capturing his, his attention. So this individual here was allowing something to build in his life. It's what a, you know what an idol is? An idol is set up, it's built in the heart. Are you understanding now? So if anyone or anything builds on this foundation. So now Paul is going to say, okay, now there's different materials. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. So you can see it's going from gold, which is very, very valuable, to silver, which has a, a, a value to it, you know, quite a bit of value, but not as much as gold. And precious stone, they, they have value, <clears throat> but not as much as the gold and silver. And then now when you go, go a little further, you have wood, you know, wood has a value to it, but not like the others. And then you have hay. You know, hay has some value to it. You can feed the, the farm animals with it. And then you have stubble, as the King James says stubble. Uh, my translation says straw. Or um, I, I believe it's like stalks of corn after you pick the, the uh, ears off of them. Stalks of grain, 
There's like very little value to that. They actually just plow them under usually. So he's, he's showing you there's, there's various building materials. And in the natural, there are various building materials. I remember being on the mission field and when we were in Guatemala, one minister's house, there was an earthquake some years prior and him and his 10 kids, I think it was, all young, were living in this adobe hut and there was big cracks in the wall. Some of the walls were missing, like eight foot sections of the walls were missing. And if you know anything about an adobe hut, how they make an adobe hut is they mix mud with straw, they make these bricks, and then they, they put them up. But what happens is they have these heavy metal roofs, and then during an earthquake, the bricks kind of crumble, and then the roof falls and kills the people. That's what usually happens. And so we were down there, and we, we replaced his walls with concrete block, reinforced concrete block. But the point is that there's different building materials. And the foundation is Christ. But what's being built on top of that matters. So when the shaking comes, is your adobe hut going to come down crashing on you? Or is the material there that was used of high quality so that when the shaking comes, it's not going to affect that. So Paul is saying here that there are different building materials, and he's talking about into the hearts of the Corinthians, or as that applies to us, into our hearts. See, there, there are different materials that can be used. Take heed what material is used in your life. Now listen, you will write this down. In verse 13, it says, each one's work, the work there means what is done, the toil. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean Christian work, because you can be a Christian and do work that's not Christian, not related to the gospel. I'm not talking about your job either. There is a work that the Lord has for you to do. His will, his purpose, whatever that may be. So he says here, each one's work, what has taken place in each one of our lives over, over the years that we live on the earth, each one's work will become clear. See, now today it may not be clear. So you see someone do something, for example, on the mission field or at the jail. And on the surface, it looks like that's a good work. Well, it may be if it is spirit-led. If it is humanly led, then that's, that's something different. But, but see, that, to, if you look at that, you may not be able to discern the Lord may not, show, might not even show you. He may, I don't know. But you, you might not be able to see or discern what is going on there. But he says here, each one's work will become clear. And I'm going to read the whole verse and come back. For the day will declare it. 
What day? Well, there, there's, there's two different days here. The day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because, and what does the King James say? Mine, mine says, will be revealed by fire. Shall be revealed by fire. Now, that appears when, when I read that, that puts it in the future for me. It's going to be. It shall be. But it's not necessarily, that's not what it means. Will be, this is New King James, will be revealed is a present tense verb. So let me read it that way. Because it is being now revealed by fire. Let me finish. And the fire will test each one's work future. That's future tense. So what you have in this verse is something that relates to the present and something that relates to the future. So the present tense here is the Lord will send in whatever way he does it. There's no set way. The Lord will send fire into our lives. He, in other words, he will do something to reveal to you, to me, whoever is involved in the work, of what sort it is now, if they're able to hear and listen. And the reason is that if the Lord can correct that now, that in the future they will not suffer the loss. So let's just say the reason I go to the jail is I have some other reason, other than the right reason for these people down there. If I go for the wrong reason, or I decide to go and not see the leading of the Spirit in that, then the Lord will try to do something to correct that, correct my thinking, to reveal to me you know, what's going on in that. However, the Lord, He does these things. You know the Lord does these things? He ever show things to you? Yeah, all the time, some of you. He does that so that there can be a course correction so that now we're moving along the correct way. We're moving with the Spirit of God so that later we will not suffer loss. You say, well, what do you mean suffer loss? Well, all if I persist in going my way in that, and it's not the will of God, then all these things that should have been done, were, if I would have been in the will of God, now that's not done. That's lost in my life. I can't go back and pick it up. It's lost. It will, the fire, it will be revealed by fire. Presently, that's why we need to take heed how the building is going with us in our life. Take heed, pay attention, you know, look for the Spirit of God, look for the direction of God, look for the will of God, look for the purpose of God, be where you are to be, doing what you are to be doing. 
Function the way the Lord wants you to function. You know, look to Him and not to your carnal mind and your carnal nature. Learn what it means to function in God and not carnality or in, in yourself, in, in the natural. So that when something is revealed, if something, if something is revealed to you, to me, to whoever, to whoever, so that there can now be a course correction so that there will not be a loss later. So, each one's work, the thing done, the thing accomplished, whatever, will become clear for the day will declare it because it is being revealed by fire and the fire will future test each one's work of what sort it is. You know, what, what is it, what is the quality of the work? What sort it is? What's going on in there? Is it done correctly? I mean, here we, here we are, we're in a, you know, right in the beginning of camp. We're going out there with all these kids. And this can be a tremendous work done through individuals. But what's going on in the heart with each person out there? Are you out there for the right reason? Are you out there because, well, I just have to do it? You know, what's going on in the heart is important. So, you know, we can go through a whole week and sacrifice out there for all these kids and not have it as far as we, individual, be of the right sort, the right quality. See, so that, that's an important thing in, in everything we do. Everything we do. So, it, you know, it's nice to have the Spirit of God come and tweak our hearts, get us going the right way. So let me continue on real quick. If anyone's work, which he has built... Indoors, he will receive a reward. So if the, if the building has been correct, you receive the reward, what it should be. If anyone's work is burned, he's going to suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. So there's going to be those who will suffer loss. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's, I don't have time to go into that, but... It's interesting that Paul brings that up because he's talking about the building, the building in you. Don't you understand that you are the temple of the living God? So he's encouraging them to make sure the building is done correctly. Now, in closing, let's go to Titus. And we'll stop with this. In the Bible, there are there, there's this phrase. You see works, and then you see... It puts this word, good works. Jesus uses that phrase, good works. And without spending any more time, good works are what is to come out from our lives. Good works. And they are good because everything is as it should be in us, relating in, to the Lord and in the work, and the work is working on the worker in the work. All kinds of things going on. But all that, as far as our heart and our, us relating to it, is right. It is what it should be. 
So in Titus 2, verse 7, in um, New King James says, in all things, Paul says to Titus, in all things showing yourself, you see that, showing yourself a pattern of good works. Uh, the King James says, showing thyself a pattern. Let's read it again. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. See, we always relate to, okay, now we're going to go to camp and we're going to be involved in works. We're going to go to the jail and we're going to be involved in works. We're going to go here and be involved with works. See, we are to be functioning on a higher plane so that your whole life, my whole life, becomes a pattern of good works. In other words, that we become the expression of God, the expression of the Spirit of God out from us in all things, not just in those things that we consider works. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, in reverence, in incorruptibility, in sound speech. See, Paul's just mentioning some things that can, cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing to say, to evil to say of you. So he's, he's talking about being a pattern of good works. So remember this in closing, that the Lord will come as we walk in this life. He will come and he will show us at times whether there needs to be a course correction with us whether there needs to be a change with us. Giving us direction, doing adjustments, as Pastor Jim always says, doing the tweaking. See, actually, Ephesians 5, 26, 27 talks about the bride. The Lord tweaks the bride. He does certain things so, so there's no spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Any such thing is talking about getting the little things right in us. The little things. Any such thing. So that we become our life, our whole life. Whether we're doing something that is related to what people would say a religious activity or religious works. Our whole life becomes a certain pattern. And that is the pattern of good works. So pay attention and take heed how you build on that foundation, Christ Jesus.